4: Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, March 5th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, community leaders in Jackson speak out as the city's water problems persist. Then, Mississippi lawmakers send a bill to the governor that would bar transgender students from playing sports with their identified gender. Plus, the the legislature moves one step closer to creating a conservation trust fund. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Residents in the capital city are still struggling with water problems more than two weeks after winter storms and freezing weather ravaged the system in Jackson. The entire city is under a boil water notice, and parts of the city have yet to have any water service restored. Residents have expressed growing exasperation over the situation as the city's tr- treatment and distribution facilities continue to face setbacks, including breaks and clogged screens. Aaron Banks represents Ward 6 on the city council and serves as president banks who still doesn't have running water tells our kobe vant he understands residents frustration
5: um all i can say is let's pull together you know let's continue to do all we can to make sure we take care of our most vulnerable communities uh as long as we're dealing with this water issue uh and dealing with contaminated water i'm going to make sure that you know that we have tankers here and that we have bottled water provided for our constituents uh uh i want you know constituents specifically of south jackson know uh that i'm going to be doing everything in my power to make sure that we mitigate a fix so that this doesn't happen again whether that means more reserve tanks whether that means a bigger water main instead of 24 inch maybe a 48 inch water main, uh, uh we're going to explore all options all options on the table uh to make sure that we don't get this problem again now
3: people around here are hurting uh what- What are your thoughts on the situation right now?
5: Yeah, look, I mean, look, I turned my water on this morning and just got a trinkle. I've been without water for three weeks as well. Uh, When I first got out here, uh, I was out here with snow still on the ground, and I was out here with that silver tanker so that people could be able to flush, you know, their toilets, you know. And, you know, I feel their pain. People had not been able to shower, been able to cook, been able to flush. Water is a main necessity. And, uh, you know, and I know a lot of people are complaining, uh, but the main thing I could do is do a lot, all I can with different organizations and partnerships such as this
3: to make sure we get people their water. And you mentioned some projects, ideas that you have to, you know, try to improve the water situation down here in South Jackson in the future. Um, have you been in talks with uh, the mayor and other uh, city officials, uh, the Department of Public Works, too, to try to see how to get those rolling and how to get those funded?
5: Yeah, sure, sure. One, uh, I know that the booster station on TV roll has been out of commission for some time. It is my understanding that that booster station was online. It, it would help alleviate some of the problems that we experienced. Uh, also, I'm asking questions about uh, uh, if we had an additional reserve tank in deeper South Jackson located somewhere on Terry Road around the Brooklyn subdivision, you know, with that help. And so I know that the engineers released a study today, uh, some $48 million uh, that they're requesting from the uh, state and uh, federal resources. But I think that uh, that request should exceed that. I think we should need to make sure that anything that we get, it helps to fix the whole problem and not just throwing, you know, not just throwing a, a, a shoe at it.
4: The city's water problems are emblematic of an old and brittle utility infrastructure. John Byrd, vice president of the Association of South Jackson Neighborhoods, says the system's problems cannot be solved overnight and expresses frustration towards state leadership.
6: Water is a basic commodity for everything, from cleansing for the COVID-19 to just everyday life itself, doing the basics. And the South Jackson, the residents that don't have running water or adequate water, upset because of all these years and years of neglect
3: you know um, some residents are having to uh, boil water where they can to to try to take a bath um, they can't wash dishes in the normal water uh, what what are some stories you've heard from residents here trying to just uh,
6: survive from one extreme to the other especially those who are disabled or the elderly they're really catching it hard with COVID-19 which is a virus when we talk about safety that's a big issue in making sure that everything's sanitary. How can you have sanitary conditions without the basics, which is water?
3: You know, the governor just a few days ago took away this uh, many of the ma- uh, mass mandates that he had spread across the state. You know, does that feel like another slap uh, that, at
6: this moment? That's not only a slap. That shows that the governor doesn't understand science and, human, and humanity. This disease uh, or this uh, COVID-19 is not a Republican, Democrat, or have or have not situation. It's a basic quality of life. He, which is the governor, could also activate the National Guard anytime he wants in a crisis area. It's not the city of Jackson, it's the capital of Mississippi that's under siege. And for all your listening viewers out there, I'm going to say this again. This is the capital of Mississippi that's under siege. We have a governor who refused to help the capital of Mississippi.
3: And you know, uh, have you been able to talk with the city officials uh, about the water situation here? Yes. Um, in those conversations, does it sound like things are uh, going to be able to turn around anytime soon?
6: No, it, it took years of neglect and 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 a uh, loss of revenue and loss of a uh, good comprehensive plan. So no, I already know for a fact it's not going to change or turn over overnight. That's why we ask them for the state and the federal level to come in and do their parts, because apparently the governor does not want to work with the the locals in order to make sure the capital of Mississippi is on cue.
4: Water tankers stationed by the Mississippi National Guard have been providing residents with non-potable water for bathroom needs for over a week now. Coming up, Mississippi lawmakers send a bill to the governor that would bar transgender students from playing sports with their identified gender. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
2: Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio.
4: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi is set to become the first state this year to enact a a law banning transgender athletes from competing on girls' or women's sports teams. This week, the House passed a Senate Bill 2536, which calls for students in Mississippi public schools and universities to play on sports teams based on their biological sex. Representative Becky Curry presented the bill on the House floor.
0: Girls deserve equal opportunities to experience the thrill of victory, but allowing males to compete in girls' sports places them at disadvantage and destroys their athletic opportunities. Girls shouldn't be spectators in their own sports. Women fought long and hard for equal athletic opportunities. Title IX was designed to stop discrimination and create equal athletic opportunities for women. Allowing males to compete in girls' sports reverses nearly 50 years of advances for women. The message is, you deserve equal opportunities, except in sports, unless we pass this bill. Every male on the podium displaces a deserving girl. Athletic Athletes train tirelessly to shave mere fractions of a second off their race, but that effort is wasted if girls will lose to males regardless of how much they train. Girls competing against males knows the outcome before the race even starts. Allowing males to compete in girls' sports spells the end of girls' sports. And we will have men's sports and co-ed sports. Even the best world female athletes would lose to literally thousands of boys and men on any given day.
4: Critics say the measure is designed to discriminate against transgender athletes. Proponents say it's to preserve fairness in women's athletics. The issue, though, received no debate on the House floor as Curry declined to yield for questions.
0: Now everybody in here knows how they're going to vote on this bill. I'm not going to answer any questions. I'm not interested in getting into an argument with you on who's boys and who's girls and who thinks they're what. In the age of Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head aren't politically correct, I'm not going down that road. And everyone in here knows how he or she is going to vote on this bill. I yield the podium, Mr. Speaker.
4: The bill passed 81 to 28 in the House and will now go to the desk of Governor Tate Reeves, who has indicated he will sign it. Representative Christopher Bell was one of the no votes. He tells MPB's Ashley Norwood the bill will attract negative litigation to the state.
7: The House bill that we just passed that you're referring to uh, basically has opened up the state of Mississippi to several lawsuits with respect to uh, disrespecting and uh, disregarding a person's wish on how they want to be identified. Uh, This transgender bill um, that basically states that uh, team sports have to identify as male or female. Uh, So, I mean, it's it's a direct uh, violation and disrespect of one's own choice. Uh, I think it uh, definitely opens the state up for potential lawsuits. Uh, It definitely disrespects the individual's choice. Um, it puts the state of Mississippi in a bad light. Just as we've just changed the flag, now we come back with things to discriminate against individuals, and I think it's a a terrible bill.
8: You got some people who say they wouldn't consider it a discrimination because, for example, you you hear uh, Representative Curry earlier today talk about, you know, it's not fair that women could be potentially competing against men because of their biological everything they You know, there is no competition. Do you understand her Still, that's
7: that's even more disrespect. I mean, how do you you think a a student athlete or a female athlete on any basketball team, soccer team, or baseball team feels when she says that she can't be as competitive (laughs) as a male? That's disrespectful.
8: So um, now that you all have passed it, what happens next?
7: Well, I think it'll end up going to conference or it may be signed into law by the governor, um, which, again... You know, we have bigger issues that we, de- that we should be dealing with in this state. Uh, you know, we can barely keep DHS together. Uh, we can barely operate our prisons. Uh, we can't even give our teachers a pay raise, a decent uh, fair wage, uh, our state workers. I mean, we have ter- I mean, a ton of issues that we should be dealing with other than some transgender bill disrespecting the wishes of an individual.
8: Do you think this is an issue in Mississippi? Are we it's not an to... issue. It's
7: not an issue in Mississippi.
8: It's not an issue. Because, I mean, I've seen reports of, of instances like this or conversations about it in other states, but I'm not sure if that's
7: been a Mississippi No, I, I, I can't think of one conversation or one instance where this has occurred in the state of Mississippi. This is just something to uh, rally a base to get them excited about nothing.
4: The LGBTQ advocacy group the Human Rights Campaign says extremist right-wing groups are behind Senate Bill 2536 titled The Fairness Act. Rob Hill with the HRC tells our Desirée Fraser the bill targets transgender students as a threat to girls sports but he says it's not an issue in the state.
2: This is a bill that is a solution uh, looking for a problem that absolutely does not exist. The only the only thing that this will cause is more bullying uh, against transgender students around our state who are already vulnerable, um, because of you know, what they're going through in adolescence. You know, it's hard enough to be a teenager. It, it's extremely hard if, if you are a trans teenager. So, um, you know, this bill is, uh, there, there's no, uh, there's no evidence that men are, or boys are, are, are transitioning for a competitive advantage in sports. And there's also no evidence that Actual transgender athletes pose an, an advantage.
8: Do you think, how do you know that this is behind the bill? Because basically they're saying we just want uh, biologically the people who are the same biological sex to play together. And so girls don't have a disadvantage. So boys shouldn't be on their teams.
2: That, that's yeah. yeah they, you've heard some arguments to say this is, you know, this is about fairness for women. All of that is, is, is not true. But uh, we've seen any time that there's been progress in our country as it relates to, particularly in the, in the recent years around LGBTQ rights, we've seen a backlash and an onslaught of, of, of terrible legislation. This past year, the Supreme Court ruled on the Bostock decision, and that decision uh, said that uh, sex under uh, Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act uh, includes gender identity and sexual orientation as it relates to employment protections we knew that there was going to be a backlash. And so this is another iteration of far-right groups, extremist groups, um, trying to roll back rights of the LGBTQ community.
8: Well, President Biden signed an executive order in January banning discrimination based on gender identity. How do you see this playing into that? Because now you have a president with an executive order and you have a state that has passed a bill that conflicts with that.
2: Yeah, well, the state is going to, one, we're going to send the message again that Mississippi is not welcoming to everybody. We, we, we want to send the message that we discriminate. Uh, that's a message that we've sent uh, over many, many years, and this, this will do that as well. Um, but we know from history, even before uh, President Biden's uh, executive order, um, uh, we know that in Idaho they passed a similar bill in 2020, um, an anti-transgender athlete bill. Almost immediate, immediately, that bill was enjoined, suspended by the federal courts. Uh, and, and that's what's going to happen here. It's going to cost us money in the courts, and it's going to be uh, suspended, uh, just like the, the uh, Idaho bill, because that was ruled to be anti-LGBTQ, uh, anti-transgender specifically. It was meant to dis- discriminate, and that's exactly what this bill is doing in Mississippi. And, and we feel confident that the courts will rule Uh, in the favor in in our favor. And and that means that everybody should be included, uh, including transgender folks. The author of the bill, Senator Angela Hill,
8: she said that she had been getting uh, calls from coaches requesting um, that legislation like this be put in place. You have said that there is no evidence that this is an issue in Mississippi.
2: But how do you know that for sure? Well, you know, I work with, with LGBTQ people. That those are my constituents. You know, I know, I know constituents around the, the state and, and what they're dealing with. And I don't know of any issues like this. I don't believe her for one minute when she says something like that. You know, a lot of people say, you hear people say they say this in, in a, um, about a certain issue and they want it uh, to, to pass or, or want something to happen. And that's what's happening here. There's no issue. Well, Rob Hill with the Human Rights Campaign, we really appreciate
8: you speaking with us about this issue. Thank you for your time.
2: Thank you for having me, Desiree.
4: Coming up, the legislature moves one step closer to creating a conservation trust fund. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
8: This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org.
4: And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Legislation creating an outdoor conservation trust fund is going to the Senate floor after clearing committee earlier this week. If passed, House Bill 1231 would create the Mississippi Outdoor Stewardship Fund to be managed by a board of trustees with voting members appointed by the governor and lieutenant governor. The bill is also supported by members of the Mississippi Outdoor Stewardship Coalition. Alex Littlejohn is with the Nature Conservancy. He shares more about his group's advocacy for the measure.
1: And essentially what it is, Karen, is it's, a, it's an allocation of a portion of sales tax associated with the purchase of sporting goods items. And that can be anything from camping and hiking to walking and jogging down to uh, hunting and fishing. Takes those funds uh, up to $15 million a year, puts them inside of a trust fund that then can be divvied out based on a, a grant application process. To support conservation and outdoor uh, recreation opportunities from South of Memphis all the way to the to Gulfport,
7: give us so an example
1: of what States.
4: kind of uh, grant program or, or a grant application would look like
1: sure so I'll, I'll kind of use Georgia as an example. They're the most recent state that passed similar legislation. Mississippi is one of only two states that do not have a similar fund. Louisiana is the other one. Georgia in 2018 passed similar legislation. They were able to generate $20 million the first year. They established a grant application process by which uh, entities like the Nature Conservancy, Ducks Unlimited, Wildlife Mississippi, Delta Wildlife, Foundation for Wildlife, and Parks, as well as city and governments could put in for to support projects and some of the projects they supported were maybe an expansion on a WMA or a wildlife refuge or restoration needed or reforestation needed on any of those public lands but also it supported the establishment of uh, new city parks or new walking trails and they actually went as far as established blue trails so that's essentially like a, a paddling trail on a river and they also supported private lands conservation so for instance, in Mississippi, a private land uh, project could be helping to increase the number of dollars that come down for private land conservation from the federal farm bill. And then what that does is that takes maybe a, uh, a million-dollar uh, applica- million application to the Stewardship Trust Fund, but it may leverage 4 to $5 million dollars from the farm bill to support private land conservation.
4: Now, how would this support working farms? Because that's
1: not well, considered recreation. No, that's not. So on working farms, there's a number of conservation practices that working farms can enroll in through the Farm Bill, whether that be soil health practices, whether that be establishment or planting of cover crops, practices that reduce soil erosion or, or erosion in general, or, in, or enhance water quality or increases water quantity. And that, that could be any of those components. Those are already supported by the Farm Bill. The problem is in Mississippi, we're limited by the amount of funds we can bring down to Mississippi for those types of projects because we don't have a state-dedicated funding source that we can use as match that can then be leveraged, and that's the biggest thing.
4: The House overwhelmingly approved this. Um, The vote was 117 to 2. That's overwhelming. And yet (laughs) the Senate now considering it, I know Lieutenant Governor uh, Delbert Hoseman has some – some real concerns about this does it involve taking money away from the general fund
1: well let me back up and just tell you that we couldn't be more thankful for the support we saw in the house representatives bounds kincaid lamar and speaker gunn and the entire house delegation obviously showed their support with their vote and in the senate um, Lieutenant Governor Hoseman has shown himself to be a conservationist. Uh, I, I personally, through Nature Conservancy, have we have had tremendous success in the past with him, from Cat Island to Coastal Preserves, which is the marsh, uh, the conservation of marsh the, along the Mississippi Gulf Coast, all the way up to the recent purchase of the Phil Bryant WMA. Those things did not happen without him as Secretary of State. Uh, as far as the general fund goes, it would be a reallocation out of the general fund towards this fund, but we would like to think that this investment of $15 million a year would generate, and Georgia has shown this and other states have shown this, that we would then see a return down to the Mississippi that was maybe three to four to five times the investment that's made. So we, we feel like it's a sound investment in conservation.
4: Is it a, there a concern, though, that there is no state control? Would there be oversight from the legislature and how the money is spent, how the grants go.
7: Yes.
1: Yeah, so the, the way they it's been set up in other states is exactly how our bill or the House Bill 1231 translates that is that three appointments to the board would be by the governor. Four appointments would be by the lieutenant governor. And then there would be five non-voting members all the appointments I just mentioned would be voting members, and then there would be five non-voting members that are essentially the state agency heads over the agency of nat- that that can run the natural resources in the state of Mississippi: Commissioner of Ag, Department of Marine Resources, Forestry Commission, as well as Department of Wildlife, Fishery, and Parks.
4: You said fifteen million dollars uh, a year. How does that translate into dollars for Mississippi? You talked about the benefits to land and recreation, but what is the turnaround in terms of dollars themselves?
1: So $15 million essentially is half of what we understand to be half of the revenue generated off a of sales tax associated with the sales of sporting goods items based on the Department of Revenue uh, information that we've gotten. That fifteen would be an investment that would then be leveraged to federal pots that are available that we cannot pursue at a pace and a scale that we deem matters, that can move the needle. And that 15, if we had it, could be leveraged three to four to five times that amount back to Mississippi.
4: Well, again, this is House Bill 1231 being considered now by the uh, state legislature's Senate. And we've been speaking with Alex Littlejohn. He is the state director of the Mississippi chapter of the Nature Conservancy. Alex, thank you so much for explaining it to us. Thank you. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio